0: I would argue the next guns are the ones that really put Walther on the map. I mean, those are great. That's where you started, but in terms of the mind of the shooter, the enthusiast, the next pistols we're going to talk about the PP series, PPK—that is what real where Walther really came into its own.
1: I admire your courage, Miss uh...
2: Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mister
1: Bond. James Bond.
2: Welcome to the Make Ready with the Experts podcast. I'm your host, Fernando Coelho. We're here at Panteo Studios bringing you the very best from in and around the firearms industry, covering topics like guns, gear, and Firearms training, self defense, and so much more. Everything from industry insights about the latest gear and training techniques to hunting, survival, and empty hands. But this isn't just about the guns, folks. This is about the stories. Military, law enforcement, and civilian stories of heroics protecting our country, fellow citizens, friends, and neighbors. MakeReady.tv is the official website of Pantier Productions and features over 5,000 segments from world-famous instructors. With new video titles added each month, MakeReady.tv is widely known as the Netflix of firearms training. However, we really do go beyond that. We have survival series. We have empty hands. We have edged weapons. We cover armorer skills. We've done documentaries, even medical and hunting. With your subscription, you will have access to an extensive library of videos. To be quite honest, we got a lot. Be sure to visit MakeReady.tv and subscribe today to stream our exclusive content to any device, anywhere, anytime. This is content that just may save your life or the life of someone you love. <music> When we were filming the Walther PPQ armorer's bench video with Larry Vickers, we had the pleasure of being able to go to Germany, specifically to own Germany, to the factory. The folks at Walther wanted to do a segment on the history of Walther, so what better place to do it than the factory? So here is a segment that we shot with Larry Vickers and Peter Dahlhammer. Peter is their product manager, and he is an expert in all things Walther. So Larry sat down with Peter, and Peter gave us some history on the various Walther pistols. Here's that sit-down.
0: I'm Larry Vickers of Vickers Tactical, and I'm here with Peter Dahlhammer, and we're at the Walther factory in Ulm, Germany.
1: Peter, Larry, thank you for coming to Germany to our facility.
0: We're going to take you guys through some history of this world-famous small arms company. Peter, if you don't mind, assume that the people who are watching this don't know anything about Walther. Let's kick it off. How did this company
1: get started? Oh, it started quite early in 1886. And I mean, you have to see 1886. That was the very early days of gunsmithing, gun making. Some people were still using muzzle loaders. And it started for us as a repair shop. And we did Schützen rifles, so competition rifles. And the founder of the company, Carl Walter, he had five sons and he trained three of them to become rifle makers. So they did an apprentice and part of this apprentice is also you go on a journey to meet other masters, to get more training, more experience. And one of his sons, Fritz Walter, he picked up the idea that the company needed handguns, because. He used to, did two years with uh, DWM, Deutsche Waffen Munitionsfabriken. It was the player in Germany. Um, they manufactured machine guns, Borchardt. World War I, World War One, yeah, Exactly, yeah, the World copy of the Maxim machine gun. And Borchardt had designed his pistol there, a kind of old-fashioned toggle-link C93 Borchardt pistol. And at the same location, Luger would re-engineer the gun and that would be the Luger pistol that got introduced by the German army. So Fritz Walter, a 16 year old kid, was in the center, in the middle of everything. And he saw what was going on in the industry. Like revolvers were outdated. Everybody was moving towards handguns. Yeah. And at the same time, Browning came out with very small pistols in uh, thirty-two caliber. So the idea was that Walter needed its own pistol. And he started a discussion with his father because his father was still into rifle making. And I mean, you also have to see it was a small company, 15 employees. So his son had this radical idea of designing a new handgun and it should be a very small pistol. Um, 25 caliber, actually, so it took some time until his father was convinced. And then they started and designed the Model 1 pistol. And at this
0: time that you're talking about right now, Walther is located in a different part of
1: Germany. Exactly. That is almost like the center of Germany. And it's also the center of gunsmithing. Sul and Selamelis. It's the state of Thuringia. And this is where it all started, because at this location, they found ore, ore is needed to um, make steel and they had lots of forests, so wood um, to bring up the heat to make ore and um, to make steel from ore. Yeah, We actually have a Model 1 here,
0: right here, and you were saying something about it, but at the time it wasn't even called a Model 1.
1: Exactly. After we came out with the Model 2, we renamed that to the Model 1, okay? And actually, there was a full sequence of pistols and um, the latest one was the Model 9. And of course, anyone who starts collecting our pistols wants to have the oh, yeah. full range of Model 1 through Model 9. Now, you have real simple design. Very simple design. 25 caliber, 6-shot magazine. And very simple in design also when it comes to the slide, for example, it's this exposed barrel. Parallel to the barrel is the recoil spring, the sides of the slide covered that area, heel side macro release. Mm-hmm. Very simple. And striker fired, by the way. <laughs> How many did you guys make? In what time frame was the Model 1? It started with the first prototypes about 1908, but full, product, full production did not start until 1911. And then I don't know the exact sequence, because there was always a transition to the next model. So it's hard to tell. Also, other manufacturers were involved. For example, you would find our Model 3 and Model 4 pistols with different manufacturers marked on it.
2: i got to admit, when I went to the Walther factory in Germany, I was not that aware did not have the background on the various models prior to the PPK and PPKS. Uh, Actually seeing the Model 1, the Model 2, uh, there's the Model 3, the 4, the 5, the the 6, the 7, the 8, and yes, the 9. Um, It was actually interesting to see the way these little pistols, because they really were little, they were pocket pistols, uh, the way they progressed ever so slightly from one to the other. And you have to keep in mind, this is during the outbreak of World War One. So uh, while in the United States, you had John Browning working on the model 1911, you had uh, George and Willie Walther uh, joining the war effort in World War One, and uh, you have uh, Fritz Walter and his older son, Carl, uh, working on... Uh, the Model 1 pistol and the Model 2.
1: Inside the White House, President Woodrow Wilson conferred with advisors, then signed the proclamation of war against Germany. The men present here are gone. But preserved on Pathé film, this moment of
2: history remains. It's very interesting, the dynamic of how uh, in the United States, how handguns are being developed and at the same time how handguns are being developed in Germany. Now, we're at the pistol that's one of my favorites, the PP and PPK. Here's Larry and Peter.
0: I would argue the next guns are the ones that really put Walther on the map. I mean, those are great. That's where you started. But in terms of the mind of the shooter, the enthusiast, the next pistols we're going to talk about, the PP series, PPK, that is what real where Walther really came into its own.
1: Exactly. And it's a big milestone. It's... An interesting story because Fritz Walter and his team, they combined in this little pistol most of the technology that was available on, on that time, you know. Um, it's got this exposed hammer, double action, single action trigger, so you could just see in which condition the gun was. If you would apply the safety, it would automatically decock the hammer. It's got a loaded chamber indicator, a left side mag release, and also a very attractive design. Absolutely. Real sleek. The lines
0: blend together real well.
1: Yes, yes. And, um, you know, it's it's not about what a company can do. It's always what the customer wants to have. And it's also not about them and us. It's a we. And this is also what we do today. It is we are involved in the business. We are shooters and we have a lot of input from the market and when you look at this pistol you see the result it's the perfect design it's an iconic pistol yeah
0: i would argue for the guns in this category it's the most famous handgun in history and widely copied russian makarov essentially a dead-on copy of the walther you know pp series
1: per se PPK, which a lot of people are aware of, is a shortened version, correct? Correct. Shorter um, barrel and slide and the grip is more compact. The grip panels, they will cover the rear end also, so there's no metal backstrap on a PPK pistol. And the PPK came out two years after the PP. So the PP was introduced in 1929 and 1931 it was followed by the PPK. And PP stands for? Polizei Pistole, which is police pistol, and Polizeipistole Pistole Criminal, which is the plainclothes or the detective's pistol. Wow. Cool.
2: One of the cool things about the PP pistol was the double action design. You have to think about when we're talking, the time period we're talking about. Here we are in the 1920s and You know, you talk about a double action today, and that's the norm. Or back then, it really wasn't the norm. So here we had Walther doing a double action pistol in the form of the PP. Then, of course, as Larry mentioned and uh, Peter mentioned, the PPK was the smaller derivative of the PP. I
1: admire your courage, Miss...
2: Trench. Sylvia Trench. I admire your luck, Mr... Bond. James Bond. Something else that was going on at the same time is Walther was also dabbling in shotguns and small bore rifles. The Model 1 and Model 2 are examples of that. Another thing to keep in mind, while this is happening, we are now going from the 1920s into the 1930s and Walther was growing as a company. Uh, Actually Walther in 1925 created their own healthcare plan system for their employees. Um, They actually provided a bus for their employees to be able to get to work. Um, They had a pension plan. Uh, They had a parish house that was built. Uh, They even had a bowling alley set up and uh, a small bore rifle range was built for their employees. So it's interesting that the company, Walther itself, the company, really cared about the employees and was going out of their way to make sure they had a happy staff, which is, is pretty cool. Now, getting back to the pistols. My favorite, it's what you're about to hear, the P-38. Here's Larry and here's Peter.
1: When the kids grow up and leave us, we'll sit and look at that same old
0: view. Just the next gun we're going to talk about, I would argue now that that's a historic gun, certainly in the Walther realm. Um, because of James Bond and whatnot, people think of that. But the next one, in terms of it of Walther's impact on the small arms industry in general, has to be the most famous handgun, the most famous weapon that Walther ever made, which would be the P38.
1: It is the successor of the Luger pistol. And if we are going about designing a new handgun today, we're, we would go the same way, still go the same way, which is you look at what the market needs, what is available, and then you combine all these features into a new product. And the P38 is based on the Luger pistol. So the German army said, we need a new pistol which is easier to manufacture, less machining required, parts got to be interchangeable, but then of course it must have almost similar feature like the old army pistol. And this is why this gun has an exposed barrel. And the takedown lever is at the same, same spot like the Luger used to have, mm-hmm. the takedown lever. Most of the features on the gun, like um, manual safety, exposed hammer, double-action, single-action trigger, have had been out there since 1929 from our PP pistol. Yeah, pieces, yep. Exactly. So, we chambered the gun in 9mm Luger. Of course, it needed to have a locked breech, yeah. which is this... Locking block parallel to the barrel, different design because we wanted to be as close on the Luger pistol, of course. So we couldn't use the same features like the Browning pistols had at that day. But with the exposed barrel, the gun had one huge advantage. In case of a barrel obstruction and a bulge barrel, you still could use the gun. Yeah. Yeah? because yeah, the slide doesn't
0: encompass the whole thing. Exactly. Barrel. Exactly. Iconic pistol, I would say the most famous handgun to come out of World War II. And in my opinion, something that all
1: handgun enthusiasts need to have is a P-38. I'm a big fan of the P-38. Absolutely. Uh, many of them. This is a major contribution. And I would say the only thing missing on this design is a double column magazine. Yeah.
0: Which, of course, Beretta basically added the Browning high power magazine to the P-38 and became you know the 92 series M9 Beretta. So that... The, the double-action, single-action service pistol that we know of started and ended with the Walther P38, because now the M9 Beretta has been replaced in the U.S. military. But when you think double-action, single-action service pistol is most famous in history, P38 with Walther, of course, would be the most famous name associated to it.
1: Yeah, that started it. And if you look at it, I mean, if you would carry a 1911, you had to make the decision if you want to carry it cocked and locked or if you would drop the hammer by thump decocking the gun, and this gun, it was so easy. You just make it ready for duty, you decock it, put it in the holster, and that's it. If you needed it, you just pull the trigger. Yeah, great pistol, great pistol.
2: Our streaming video subscribers of MakeReady.tv will now get exclusive access to the video versions of our podcasts. In addition, subscribers will have access to our episodes before they air on iTunes or any other free platform. Be sure to visit MakeReady.tv and subscribe today to stream our exclusive content to any device, anywhere, anytime. I'd like to give a shout out to one of our key sponsors, Walther Arms. We've had the pleasure of working with the folks at Walther on numerous projects. They've been a supporter of ours and we love what they make. Heck, we've even been out to their factory in Elm, Germany and had a chance to look you know, behind the curtain and see what they have in the works and gotta admit, pretty impressed. So, thanks to the folks at Walther, we have a discount code for you. Looking for some clothing? Save 20% off. Use the code MAKEREADY during checkout. P-38. Okay, a little inside story. We're sitting at the factory, at the cafeteria. Just management is sitting around. I'm sitting there with Larry, sitting there with Peter. Uh, the CEO is there, and we're all talking, and what do we start talking about? When is Walther going to bring back the P-38? I'm tossing in their direction. They need to start spooling up and making tons of P-38s, and, and Larry says they should do the P-38, and And they're looking at us like we're crazy, but come on guys, Walther, are you listening? P-38 for the U.S. market. Come on now, do it, do it, do it, do it. Now, P-38, we're going to take a very long leap forward. Uh, We're going to skip over World War II. We're not going to talk about that right now. That would be for a longer documentary that's in the works. Uh, We'll talk about the Americans and the Soviets and things that happened in Germany during World War II. We'll get into that later at another time. But uh, later we'll also maybe talk about the TP and the TPH, other pistols that need to be uh, spoken about, but not now. Um, The P5, another good pistol. But there's going to be a new generation. And that's the next thing that Peter and... Larry talk about
0: you guys no longer make the p38 i wish you did Um, really great gun fast forward now polymer handguns all right 1990s where's walther at that time
1: yeah we were coming from a history of um, a long history of nine millimeter pistols starting with the p38 and then The sibling of it is the P5 pistol, same locking mechanism. And then we had, in the 80s, a P88 pistol, aluminum frame. And in 1993, the company got acquired by Umarex. So new owners, new ideas. And the time had also changed. So there was um, polymer technology available. And the new owner said, we want to have a modern pistol. Here it is. The result is the P99 pistol, and for us, it's our first pistol with a polymer frame.
0: And a lot of unique features on this gun in terms of double action, single action, striker fire, but still a double action, single action type mechanism. Exactly,
1: and that is because of the guns we used to have double action, single action, plus. Maybe it's also due to the German market with the law enforcement community. Starting from the 70s, they had double-action, single-action pistols. And if you change the design of a new gun too radically, they will not accept it. Nobody. The civilian market and so is the the LE market, exactly. So that's why we said we want to have a pistol with polymer technology, but with the features of double-action, single-action guns that everybody knows. And the result is the P99 pistol. And for example, if you were wondering why we have this opening at the rear end, what we actually see here is the striker. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And with the gun, having a double action single action capability, you actually want to have an indication in which condition the firing mechanism is. So if you see the rear end of the striker, yeah, it's fully cocked. It's fully cocked. It's single action. If you decock the gun, which the striker falls. Right at the top. Yep, try that. It decocks and now the striker is gone. Yeah. Exactly. So we combined all that into polymer frame and it was quite well received on the market. Yeah. It's still being made to this day here in Germany. Exactly, right? um, the cosmetics of the gun was revised a few times. Interesting, this gun was
0: much more influential than a lot of people know because there are popular handguns sold by other companies now yeah. in the United States which are essentially copies or clones or whatever of the P99. Yeah,
1: um, it is difficult out there but on the other hand it tells you. We were on the right track, Absolutely. plus it tells us we are an innovative company and others are following us. We have created some trends on the market. It started in the 30s and um, with double action, single action and today, of course, it's features like double action, single action and a polymer pistol, but also we created a trend of very slim concealed carry guns, mm-hmm. that's our PPS pistol. And in 2019, we created a brand new trend, which is going back to steel. Yeah. Before we get to that, we got to talk about
0: the next step past the P99, which is a PPQ. The
2: P99. I have a little bit of a side story on the P99. I was actually involved in testing some pistols that were based on the P99. It was the Smith & Wesson SMW 99. Uh, This is going back into the late 90's. Uh, I had the opportunity to work on some load development. Uh, I was in the ammo business and with Triton Cartridge I was working directly with Paul Liepenberg. Paul Liepenberg at the time was working at Smith & Wesson and Smith and Wesson had the sw 99, which was essentially the P99 with a different slide, um, and they had recently launched the 356 TSW cartridge. Uh, the 356 TSW was basically at 9 by 21 and a half. Uh, at the same time that was out, Sig released the 357 Sig. Well, that's kind of like VHS and Betamax. Well. For the millennials out there you don't know what those are but the vhs videotape beat out the betamax with the sony betamax and the portable sony videotape camera you can record what you want when you want and watch what you want when you want it's the best the 356 tsw was sort of the betamax and 357 sig was the vhs tape well at that time the folks at smith and wesson wanted to resurrect the 356 tsw actually made sense because it was essentially a long 9mm, whereas the 357 SIG was a, essentially a bottleneck 40, so you had better magazine capacity with the 356 TSW. So Paul sent me two of their SMW 99s, originally 9mm, but they were chambered for the 356 TSW, and we actually started doing load development for this resurrected cartridge. Uh, we actually had surpassed the 357 Sig ballistics with the 356 TSW in the SNW99, and had the load development pretty much done when all of a sudden Smith and Wesson decided to lay off a shitload of people, and some of the people that were laid off were the people involved in the relaunch of the 356 TSW. Thus, it died. That was it. People talk about it. Most people don't know about it. Kind of like the Betamax. Anyway. Skipping forward, we have the PPQ pistol, one of my favorites. PPQ, to make a long story short,
1: the new design with the front serrations, rear serrations, the grip texturing, the Picatinny rail with the three recoil cuts, that started in 2008. And the idea came when we revised the design for the German police. So that was a design for a gun with a preset trigger action, and preset means it's a hard trigger. The trigger pull is quite high, and it's a long trigger travel. And actually, we fall, we fell so much in love with this new design of the gun with the cosmetics that we said, okay, we want to have that for the commercial market, but we need a better trigger, and that's the PPQ, Police Pistol Quick Defense. So it's a it's a preset trigger, all the trigger does it, it releases the shot. it's a single action. It's single action, cops. yes. From the first round to the last round, it's single action. And what customers say is it's the best out of the box trigger on a polymer pistol.
0: Really good trigger, very accurate, well made, reliable gun. This gun is a, this is a, was a winner. I mean, it's a gun that kind of flew under the radar in the United States.
1: Exactly.
0: Doubtin gun guys knew about the PPQ. But a lot of people you know other than that didn't.
1: Yeah some say it's the best kept secret in the gun industry. Yeah it's a good gun. <laughs> but for us it's the flagship because it has all the features you're looking for in a modern pistol. It's an attractive design. It's got an adjustable grip size. We use um, interchangeable backstraps, and that is another example for an innovative feature that we actually started. Yeah. Nice gun. Now
0: let's fast forward to the latest and the greatest from you guys, the steel frame.
2: Okay, folks, I am one of the first ones to admit, I am a 1911 fan. I've been a 1911 fan since I was 18. It was my first pistol, a Colt Series 80 stainless steel 1911. That said, I've handled pretty much every polymer pistol that's out there. I, you, I know, I know, I know. Everyone out there owns a Glock. Everyone runs a Glock. There's a lot of, a lot of Glock owners out there. Um, if you ever try the trigger on a Glock, it's okay. If you throw some money at an aftermarket trigger on a Glock, you get a better trigger. If you handle a Walther PPQ, out of the box, you got that badass trigger without having to go and spend a whole bunch of money with an aftermarket trigger company. Anyway, that said, I've had the opportunity to shoot the PPQ. I've shot the full size, the five inch. I've shot the uh, smaller variation. I've shot the 45 ACP version, another favorite of mine. And I gotta admit, there's something to be said for being able to go to the rifle bay at our range and have targets at 100 and 200 yards steel targets and pull out a bone stock walther ppq uh, five inch and ring steel at 100 and 200 yards i mean it's pretty badass love the trigger on that gun love the ergonomics of that pistol love the way the striker fire system works really 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 cool but anyway enough on that my real favorite My continuation of the PPQ is the Q5 steel frame. That's the badass, here it is.
1: The story is coming from the PPQ pistol with this great trigger. We added some feature to the PPQ pistol. First step was to put on the polymer frame a five inch barrel and slide. Next step was we created the Q5 match. Mm -hmm. It's a slide which is exactly the same design like this slide on a steel frame and then of course we said okay we are walter we have this huge business of competition guns we're talking about thousands of dollars for a single shot 22 rimfire rifle we are talking about precision triggers and we said we want to combine that and have a pistol out there on the market which shows what we are capable of doing and that's the steel frame. Mm -hmm. Brand new for 2019. Exactly and it's been very well received on the market. It's almost like the market was waiting for a steel frame pistol with modern technology, striker fired and Very good trigger. Yeah, Neat gun, very soft shooting, actually weighs a couple more ounces heavier than the 1911, which is something else. I mean, 9 mil, yes. Yes. And we hear that a lot, reduced muscle flip Mm -hmm. and people just love it. The design is great, it feels great in your hand. The grip texture is great, it's aggressive. Mm -hmm. We have the push button Mac release, which is a common feature. Everybody loves it, everybody knows where it is exactly. Few years ago we had the paddle Mac release and that was not that well received, even though I love it a lot. Yeah, a lot of, it's I, I'm a big extras. fan of the paddle. I'm a big fan of the paddle. Yeah, it's like exactly.
0: our buddy here at Emory at, at Walter says it's it's something that the professional chooses. Yeah.
1: yeah the yeah. paddle yeah. mac release, I'm a big fan it of it comes naturally. And funny enough, everybody calls the paddle the German Mac release. Yeah. And actually the push button is a German Mac release because when Colt started for the tender in the United States in the 1905-ish, they had the heel side macro release and Luger had the button mm-hmm. and then overnight Colt changed to the button, yep. so anyway. Yeah, it's been associated with the 1911 ever since. Yeah. Pretty cool gun. Cool gun, ambidextrous features on the gun which is an important feature for today even though most of the people are right-handed some just appreciate the slice of lever being on the right and left side. And mac release is one side only, but it is reversible. So you can just remove it and install it on the opposite side. So let me add this. We, yep. we added a beaver tail. Yeah. Interesting feature because actually it's not hammer fired. So <laughs> it's, it's not going to snap your hand, but it's just cool looking. Yeah. And it, it helps out. with fast draws out of the holster. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So your hands up with that. Yeah. and.
0: People with very large hands, it does help protect from the slide. Okay, yeah. Neat gun. Now, from what I understand, you guys are planning on kind of a family of the steel frame, right? Kind of duty guns and whatnot. This was the first, but there's, there's other plans.
1: This is the beginning, exactly. And I mean, when a company invests money in a new product and in the project, I mean, we're talking about considerable amounts of money then you want to see how well it is received when you actually launch it. Because in the beginning, you can ask whoever you want and they will tell you, yeah, it's a great gun, I will will buy it. And then you launch it and then you find out. Once they have to open their pocket and this gun is a hot seller. So we want to expand that product line, the steel frame line. Um, Anything is possible now because it's a frame that is milled out from a solid piece of steel so we are flexible. We can give it any shape that we want. We can reduce the size of the beaver tail. We can expand it. We can make the the, the frame shorter. We can just eliminate the picatinny ray, for example, which m- would make it more heavy on the front end. So anything is possible right now. Um, also, either going towards a defense pistol or going towards ipsy shooting or practical shooting with adding some fancy features to the gun. Cool. Well, I greatly appreciate it, Peter, taking us through
0: Walther. Hopefully a lot of people kind of got educated on some of the history of this famous company. Thank you very much, Larry. It was great. Appreciate it. Hope you enjoyed it.
2: Q5 steel frame. That is a badass pistol. I mean, I really love that thing. Uh, We actually had the opportunity to film a short segment for Walther. Uh, It was a James Bond-themed commercial where we have James Bond pull up in his silver Aston Martin DB11, uh, go inside, go to his secret shelf, shelf opens up, he puts away his his PPK-S, and he takes out his brand-new Q5 steel frame, goes back out, gets in the Aston Martin, and drives away. I mean, it it was fun filming that. Uh, We also had the opportunity to handle the Q5 steel frame both in Germany and after that when we came back to the States. The trigger on that pistol is phenomenal. It is badass. But what we did not cover in this video, but we did have a chance to actually see in Germany in the prototype stage, was the Q4 steel frame. The Q4 steel frame is a uh, Glock 19-esque size pistol. But, man, the ergonomics, the fit in the hand, it was, it was wonderful. We had to keep our mouths shut until that thing came out. Uh, but it's out now, so we can talk about it. It is badass. If you like the Q5 steel frame, you're going to love the Q4 steel frame. So, you want to watch more? We have more. Check out MakeReady.tv. Go to our documentary section. We have a section there. We have a video there of the sit down with Peter and Larry. And go to our armorer section and you'll find our uh, Walther PPQ armorer's bench video. Full length, everything you need to know about the PPQ, uh, some shooting drills with Larry, really badass. So you get a chance, check it out. Thank you for listening to the Make Ready with the Experts podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Visit us at makeready.tv and check out our online library of training content you can't get anywhere else. If you liked this episode, please be sure to subscribe, share, and give us a review. We would appreciate your feedback. I'm Fernando Coelho, president of MakeReady.tv and Pantio Productions. You may know us from our videos, our firearms training, our survival series, and our documentaries. But now you will get the MakeReady experience in podcast form. We all know the movie Black Hawk Down, a film retelling the story of the soldiers who fought against all odds in Somalia in 1993. We are excited to be the only podcast having the true story from a man who lived through the battle. We will be releasing a multi-episode series based on an interview with Paul Howe, a U.S. Army Delta soldier who fought for his life. Today I want to talk with you about our nation's military involvement in Somalia.
1: Dead American soldiers being dragged through the
0: streets of Mogadishu near where the fighting was concentrated last night and early into this morning. Those kids could have been moved five feet to a doorway, had good cover, lay down just effective fire. Instead he put them in a straight and undefensible position. Um, and what happens at that point, they stayed there because they're good soldiers and they got hit. I attribute that to uh, lack of leadership. It was a race at that point because you have all the Somalis, the SNA, the militia racing to get to the helicopter and you had us racing to get to the helicopter. I'm gonna go through my rifle, go through my shotgun, go through my pistol. You know, knife if I have to, grenades, pick up an enemy weapon, stay in the fight. Those
2: who attack our soldiers must know they will pay a very heavy price.
0: No, they can come from here, they can come from there. I thought we were gonna get overrun. I would actually gotten to a point where I just kind of looking and saying, okay, this is it, let's draw this line in the sand. Anybody crosses that line, they die.